Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey everybody, David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. You may have heard about the Georgia shop owner that decided to pay an ex-employee their final paycheck in oily pennies, 91,000 of them to be exact. You may have also caught our YouTube video discussing the labor department suing the shop owner. Well, in this episode, we're joined by Jaron Claver, automotive sales executive at Repair Shop of Tomorrow. Jaron knows the part of the story that never made the news, and he tells the story while joining us live at Vision High Tech Training and Expo in Kansas City. Before we get started, make sure you have a set to automatically download each and every one of our newest episodes on your favorite podcast listening app, and make sure you check out our content on YouTube. All you have to do is search for ASOG Podcast. And now, here we go. your shiny ball to keep on track <laughs> no he today. did not oh, oh no. my god yesterday was rough it was going off the rails you should watch the live stream go watch <laughs> the live stream for um for 10 missions media um they it brought was, it up they were bringing up those the vehicles i'm just saying it was very amusing <laughs> it was enjoyable and 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 seeing megan's face melt down the screen when you started talking <laughs> She just didn't know us well enough. She does Apparently now. Not. She does now. Yeah. She she knows better than get on this podcast. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to watch it now. Yeah. 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 It was enjoyable. Okay. Jaren, what's up? How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Hey, I got a question. Yes, sir. You said something about the dude with the pennies. Yes. Tell me about the dude yeah, with the pennies. Yeah, let's hear the oh, story. This is crazy. All right. So I'm sure your audience knows the backstory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you don't know the backstory, uh, it went viral. The shop owner paid this kid $950 in pennies, right? Greasy pennies. Greasy pennies. Dumped them 
on his driveway. Now, are we talking Crisco? Or are we talking I, gear oil? Or are we talking? I, I think it was gear oil. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. That's the only way to do it. So it's what's that like? I, I'm, I'm not a math guy. I told you guys last time. So that's like ninety five thousand pennies or yeah. something, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. just dumped on your driveway. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the backstory, like why he left or like what happened there. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of people don't know is like the repercussions that that caused in, right. in the community that I live in. So that happened in Peachtree City, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I live just a couple miles south in Sonoya, Georgia. So um, January of 2021, I saw a new shop. Uh, you know, I saw this two bay shop that you know was next to this Valvoline Quick Lube, and I saw this sign that said it's now rented. So. Being a Napa Tracks rep uh, at the time, I went right. in, talked to him, young guy named Miles, and signed him up for tracks. And so I could see he was young, needed some coaching. And so, you know, I helped him with his pricing matrix, labor matrix, did all that stuff, right? And uh, and he's doing really well. And so it's like three months into the business. Yeah. All of a sudden, my phone rings on a Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and it's Miles. And he's freaking out. Yeah, And I said, whoa, 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 stop, stop. What's going on? He goes, I, I don't know what's happening. I'm getting one-star reviews on Google from people that I don't even know who they are. Dang. So, unfortunately for Miles, Miles Barber at Barber Auto Care, he was renting the building that <gasps> Miles Walker, same name. Oh, Miles, no. Miles. Can't make it up, right? <laughs> Not trying to trash the guy, but Miles Walker, AOK Walker Automotive, um, was his big shop. And then he had this small two bay shop that he was doing more mechanical work at. Because AOK is more like restorations and like okay. high end cars and stuff. Right. Sure. <clears throat> so, anyway, so Miles calls me. He's freaking out because he's like, hey, I, I'm getting these one star reviews. It, have you seen this story with the pennies? And, the, and I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. So, so I Googled it and I saw it. And I was like, just calm down. And again, younger guy getting in, you know, yeah. first, first time being in a, a shop. He was mobile repaired before that. I said, just pause for a second. Let me go on. Let me look. And so I was looking and I saw, of course, his responses. And they weren't very professional right, because right. he's upset, right? Yeah. And so I said, delete your responses. Let's Let me craft something for you. Just yeah. a consistent message, right? And then Copy that's what paste. we're gonna, that's what we're going to post yeah. on every on every review, right? Uh, and then I went on to the to the Auto Care Facebook page, the community page, the mm-hmm. private page, and I and I asked for help, right? Does yeah. anybody have any contacts at Google that we could you know yeah. help this kid out? And, and they're like, no, we'll just go on and give him five star reviews, right? I explained right, trying, to balance, yeah, trying to balance out. it back out. So. So we did that, um, but but in the meantime, Miles was getting um, he was getting like hate mail, Dude. like legit hate mail coming to his shop, right? And so um, he got <laughs> this is the, this is the crazy part. So he gets a package mm-hmm. at his shop, right? And there's a letter on the outside of it. So he opens the letter, and uh, pardon my French a little bit, but he says. You deserve this for being a dick. And it was a cake that was chocolate in the shape of a. 
So, <laughs> I mean, like... Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. You know, A, a did he eat the cake? <laughs> you would have, wouldn't you? Not, well, you don't know what the guy put in there. Like, that's a good yeah, – I don't think he ate the cake. But um, uh, he, he was getting people like sending him envelopes with pennies in them. Yeah. Just – it, it, it's, I mean, people are deranged, you know, we, so we've got this guy that listens to the YouTube channel, right? I don't know if he listens because he's posting crazy stuff that doesn't relate. Um, but you know, he's, he's convinced all repair shops are bad. Right. And, and, and colluding. Like, yeah. Yeah. Colluding and, with each other. To yeah. Set pricing and things like this. And, and what, we don't know if he's just a troll. We don't know if he's like, if it's somebody a Russian bot. Exactly. <laughs> something. And, and it just, he keeps posting these court cases over and over again, saying that all repair shops are colluding. And you don't realize how powerful social media can be. And these people, like, dude, they can go on a trip. And like, you come to a show like this, you see all these thousands of people, and you don't really think anything about it. Like, everybody's pretty cool. Everybody's yeah. chill. Everybody's laid back. Man, you turn around and there are people out there that are just like cuckoo. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. And and so it makes you think, especially in a situation like that, this dude could even be in danger for his safety. You know, simply because he has a similar name and he's in the wrong shop at the wrong place. I'm Did like, he end up closing? No, no, he's still there. Yeah. So we That's so awesome. so um, we we worked together a little bit. Um, and, and again, I was like, we've got to get some. We got to turn this into a positive. Miles, yeah. Right. Spin it. Spin it. So we ended up getting, um, he ended up getting the, the, like the Fox News affiliate in Atlanta. Oh, dude, that's down awesome. And do a story. story yeah. And the best part about it is, is the, the chocolate, you know, yeah. cake thing. He says that in the, oh, in the, dude. you know, and they like, <laughs> bleep, they don't bleep it out. He's like, yeah, they uh, sent me a chocolate. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Miles, I don't, I don't know if you should have said that. <laughs> like, the, the, tell him to leave it for the YouTube channel. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, like, tell him, tell him he needs to come on the YouTube channel. We'll talk about it. Yeah. But, uh, no, man, he's, he's, he's doing good. You know, we got the reviews up. Um, occasionally I think he still gets, 
somebody. You know, he, yes, he still gets you know, a, a crazy, but uh, a bunch of jackasses talked about it on a YouTube channel, and all of a sudden he started getting hate mail again. We're a small beast. Um, so you know, and and that's the thing is that the spinning it is the only way to handle that. That's right, right? Because now he's tagged with it. He could give up. He could change the business name and move, or he could spin it. Yeah. Right. And and so that that's what I'm thinking in my head. Like how many different ways could you spin that? You could, you know, drop it on your website, you could talk about the proper way to pay people, you could, you know. But do you know what happened with the other people? Do you know anything about it? Not yeah, that that part I don't. Um it seems pretty crazy it, Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I said, I don't know the backstory of why he got paid, you know? I mean they, So there they, was they, almost like no It was like he quit nothing, and just you Well, know, it it was you're saying that the other shop had a restoration business and then they were doing repair out of this two bay facility. So it's most likely he, he never got any kind of negative repercussions business wise at the restoration business that he just closed down the repair shop and stuck some other kid in there. And that kid ended up getting the brunt of the, the negativity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and on, and on the, on the news story, um, that that Miles Barber, you know, yeah. was telling his side of the story. Um, they actually showed like AOK Walker, like the actual this is Miles yeah. Walker. <laughs> like right. we're going to introduce you to Miles Barber. Like, yeah, right. And, and Miles is just you know standing out in front of his little you know two bay shop, and right. and he tells us, like I said, he tells the story, and I, I I was surprised when he when he told the chocolate you know cake thing. Uh, <laughs> on, on, national news i mean atlanta right? yeah. yeah i mean it's like fox news atlanta so you david know. picks the cake up and holds it so they can see it <laughs> right look at what i got yeah. i took a bite but it wasn't very good it could have gone viral you have no idea yeah so so anyway when i saw you guys talking about that yeah. i was like i gotta you know because again it hit it hit home for me i mean yeah. right and uh, yeah, he was in man, full that's... panic mode as, Dude, as any, would, yeah, you know. I'd well, we out. have uh, on. I think it's the Modern Owners Group. The uh, shop owner got into it with his ex. The ex jumped on his business page and started leaving one star Google reviews, and he lost. I mean, he freaked out. He's, what am I going to do? This, that, and the other. He was asking for fake Google reviews, which I think is a little skeezy. Although I understand it in your situation, yeah, like everybody like, jump on there and help them out, help the kid out, yeah. But that's a different level of of one star like bombing a business. That's you know all over the country, yeah. randos from everywhere. It's not quite the same as you, know, you know. I don't know X drama, right? Spilling over to the business right, side yeah. of it, yeah. Because I mean, all these reviews were coming in from right, and I see, mean, since and then, hundreds and hundreds, it's just this all like over three the country, or four, yeah. yeah. And then right. they just hit right, like the story got, and it was just boom, 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 boom. boom, right. boom. So you know, I know a lot of people got upset about this when it happened. But Google changed their review policies, and they stopped allowing, like, sometimes, you know how Yelp, and Yelp takes it too far. Yelp, if you pay, will leave an ad up or mm -hmm. review up, whereas if you don't pay, they take it down. Not officially. Yeah. Not officially, but, yeah. I mean, come that's, on now. We all, yeah. yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you look at Google, Google never did anything like that. But a while back, Google reviews started disappearing. And, and what they did was is they created a new profile. that it, And I'm guessing nobody knows what it is, but if you were further away, if you didn't live there, if you'd never been in that area, if it wasn't an online business, things like that, they started implementing something. So some reviews disappeared and people got upset about it, right? 
But think I've about had a Google review, a legit Google review, get taken down. And you ask, or you send in the the message, right. and they came back and told me that the the IP address was too too close geographically was too close, yeah. and it was that my shop was right behind an apartment complex, and she left. She lived in the apartment complex, left a Google a five star Google review, and because it was such a, such close proximity, yeah. it looked like she had made it in the lobby or at least like right there and then I was soliciting or at least yeah. giving away something. So they were a little bit stricter back in the day. But now they shut down. When somebody starts getting review bombed, yeah, they, they turn it off. They typically yeah. turn yeah. it off. Yeah. And and I mean that that's only fair, right? Like especially when something has a social media presence like the penny deal did. Yeah. You know, it, that's not cool. Like you uh, if somebody if genuinely does something wrong, that's one thing, but well, I don't know. It shouldn't. I I, I understand the 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 ramifications. Like if you do something egregious, there was a shop owner. He, he's right up the street, actually. So <laughs> he's still in business. Um, Excerpt of of his shop scrolling across the screen. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was a uh, amateur MMA fighter. Okay, so you can. Picture what that looks like. I actually did Big, that as well. Okay. Back so in the day. Yeah. Just you, but tatted up. So, <laughs> <laughs> but very intense, like, you know, and he, he got into it with his girlfriend, his girlfriend, his ex or whatever. She, she ended up accusing him of, um, physical sure, yeah. type of things. Right. And he, it got it hit the local pages here in Kansas City, and then the review bombs started coming in. That you know he was an abuser and this, that, and the other, and it was it was all alleged and this, that, and the other, and all he was he, she accused, and I think he got arrested for it. But like the court stuff hadn't been like hashed out or anything like that. All it was was the accusation, and it was legit enough that they had actually arrested socially him guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the world and, we live in now. Yeah. And all just his business just got bombed with it. It was like over and over and over, and thousands of views started coming in. Uh, all one star reviews just saying these horrible things about him. He's still around. He's still running his business. It's still, and I don't know if his. It, it appears that most of those Google reviews disappeared. Disappeared, yeah. The ones that that I think bite you are the, are the at, at like at my shop we had baby mama drama from an employee. It wasn't it was, it was an employee's daughter. She was having issues with the ex and ended up spilling. He wanted to take it out on somebody. He couldn't take it out on on the girlfriend and so he decided to target my employee and in, in the business and he's like well i'm gonna get you fired and he started and, and the guy's messaging me telling me he's like hey i hate to do this to you but uh, bought, review bomb your business with one star reviews and i this was at when we yeah. were at the jasper training that. and i'm messaging the guy i'm like dude like you're you're not just affecting her you're affecting me my family my employees like why do you think this is okay this isn't okay like we have nothing to do with this. You leave us out of this. And he's like, "No, man, sorry, can't do it." And and the the one star like in completely incoherent babbling, you know, misspelled words. Just any none of them made any sense. They look, they look stupid. They, they, I mean, they don't. And then in the end, I don't think they affected us. But my overall rating, they never took them down. And they, they're obviously fake. They're obviously retaliatory. 
they don't make any sense. And so I'm sending them into Google. And I, I saw one of the comments like, hey, just reach out to Google. They'll take them down. It's like, no, that's, there's nobody at I'm, Google. There's no person you can yeah, call at Google. I've, I've had a couple <laughs> taken down. I, I had one that was completely egregious and fake. You know yeah. what I mean? And and they took you it get down. lucky sometimes. Yeah, because yeah, don't you, you you have to flag it as inappropriate? And yeah. then like I think if so many people like yeah. if you were like, hey David, go flag it, Lucas, flag it, if, Jaron, flag it. So they they have like a criteria for what is. It has to okay. very specifically yeah. meet the the terms of and they're always changing them, right? and they're always changing them yeah. and like and so this didn't count and I I flagged every single one of them I made my case I even sent screenshots that, and it was just it came back as no it doesn't violate any of our terms of service and they left them up and you're like okay well what are you gonna do yeah. like move on and and this that's what yeah I ended up telling this guy I'm like dude just. Just get more legit reviews. That's all you can do. That's part of being in business is the crazy people you've got to deal with. You probably shouldn't create jilted exes because you're a business owner. You you never know. Talking about this makes me think about the keynote last night. And and he was talking about employees being on their heels, right? So that was one of the things he talked about is he said that um, he he had a boss. um, He he had some tough stuff in in his childhood. And then he later on worked for a boss, and he said that I was always on my heels. I, I, like he, he said he was talking about the fact he had an abusive father, and he was an alcoholic. And he said, I grew up, and my friends would say, well, do you want to go do something on Tuesday? And he's like, it's Friday. I don't know if I've got till Tuesday. I don't know if I'm going to live till Tuesday. And he said, so I spent my whole childhood on my heels. And he, he was talking about how leaders and businesses can be so aggressive, so abrasive, that you always keep your team on your heels. Inconsistent all, is what he was saying. Right. They, that they were you something didn't know sets what was you coming. off and all of a sudden yeah. you like you, you blow up over something and the employee doesn't know can it, can I venture out and do this? Yeah. You know, can can I freewheel this a little bit? Can I can I deviate from the procedure? Can, can I be creative and can rogue? I be creative? Can I go a little rogue? You know, to the benefit of the company, or is this person gonna blow up on me? And if they don't know, how is this person gonna react? Because they're not consistent, yeah, they're not they're not going to bother venturing out. And and it was neat because one of the things he talked about was that that you know and 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 so I I guess my point of saying that was is as businesses we're all on our heels right now, right? In a lot of ways, the economy changes, the the social landscape changes. Some businesses kind of have to ride on their heels because repair shops get re- bad reviews very easily, very easily. And then what do you do about that though? Because you're absolutely right. I, th- I think there's you. You operate from a place of fear, worried Dude, I, about I'm, that bad Google review. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I see reviews pop up. We very rarely get bad reviews. I see those reviews pop up, and I'm like, oh, jeez. Like, dude, it hurts my heart. Like, I work really hard to make sure our clients are happy. And it hurts me when I get bad ones, man. Because I, I feel you like rarely I'm, get bad ones. I get a lot more bad ones than you do. I, he lives in that nice part of the. <laughs> oh, everybody's nice, so polite. Everybody's and, so polite. And I'm not gonna lie. All like, these random super, people. Now. They're super. Cut nice. this part yeah. out. They're, go. <laughs> they're super nice here in Kansas City. They're they're very polite. But you know, something upsets somebody. And you know, I was talking yesterday about the guy. We couldn't get him in immediately. It was an AC inspection we put the die in it he said hey calls when it runs out then we can find the leak and we couldn't get him in like that moment that minute he wanted to wait in the lobby it was just and because we couldn't accommodate that the the review got bumped down 
I looked. I read one this morning. I just replied back to him, and the, and the guy's like, "Everything was great, but they took way too long." It's like, okay, well, there's a thousand factors as to why it took so long. Maybe the part didn't come in on time. There's, you know, there's all these like variables, and but that that one thing, he he loved the service. He loved the pictures. He loved the quality of the work, and the pricing was right, and this, that, the other, but. And so you get bumped down a notch. And, so he and, like left you a four instead of a five? Yeah, it left me a four instead of a five. And you're like, okay, well, I appreciate the feedback. Right. But that four hurts my overall rating. And all of a sudden, I don't, you know, it, instead of getting pushed up towards a five, you get pushed down towards a four. And you're like. And it, it does make a difference. I like think I, that I, sweet spot's like you want to be that like four, seven, four, eight, right? Yeah. Because if you're five, doesn't, yeah. it, doesn't it look fake? The, the problem, though, is the is you want to get it. You're you're you are eventually going to get a one or two. It, it, there's there's going to be somebody that shouldn't have been in your shop, wasn't the right customer, you shouldn't have taken the work on, and something got screwed up, and or even that, like we made a mistake, it was legit, whatever. Something is going to. There's no nobody's perfect, right? That can accommodate absolutely everybody. So eventually, you're going to get hit with that one star. And you want to have an overwhelming quantity of five stars to offset that one to then get you to that four eight or four nine, and so yeah, I mean it, it is nice to have that four eight four nine rating, but you got to keep getting those five stars yeah. coming in, in case that one star does come well, in, it doesn't blow you up. Here's the other thing: is that for us, reviews are really hard to attain, right? So, for instance, my family business right now has seventeen hundred and sixty six reviews. Now, we've been in business for many, many years. It's at a 4.4, and then on TripAdvisor, it's got 527, and it's got 4. And and people have been very critical of that business until my brother started making changes. And they're still critical of it, right? Like, the price has changed. They're unhappy about it. But, I mean, the reviews pile in. And it's not like there's an active review collection system. They ask for them, but there's not an active review collection system in place like Mechanic Advisor. Look at a restaurant. A restaurant gets you know, 25, 30 reviews a month, whereas repair shops get way fewer reviews. Yeah. So it's more impact, you know, and it, it's like to a, have a one star. That, yeah, yeah. And that's what happened again with, with miles, you know, yeah. he's three, four months in business. He's trying to get people that, to believe in that kills you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and he was literally like, I'm going to go out of business now because, yeah. you know, I just got hit with, you know, 10, one star reviews. Yeah. And, um, I think he's at like forty some now, fifty reviews. He's he's back up to like four, you know, and and things are things are good. But uh, uh, yeah, it was it was it was full blown panic mode when yeah uh, I can understand when that. he yeah when I he can called understand me that. yeah and, and he, he just almost, moved to the area too yeah so he was in, li- lived oh, in Atlanta <laughs> like the first couple months he was commuting down you know oh, because because yeah. he was in a shop and the in the in the lease ended and he couldn't renew it and so he's like I gotta find a shop. Closest one was this one, and uh, he lives in the community now. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. And we we were similar. I think I'd lived in Kansas City for two years before I opened up my shop. And you're like, you're you're facing an uphill battle because you don't have a community of friends and family, and you know you don't have you don't have those people you can tap into to get the ball rolling. And so, I mean, in hindsight. I probably should have just bought a shop, and that's what I tell everybody: like, don't don't open your start your shop from find scratch. The, find the most successful find, one in town, and no, we'll find one that that has potential, great yeah. location, 
and enough space and maybe is struggling, is outdated, has terrible marketing, has a bad reputation, and jump in and, and make an offer and, you know, throw the guy a couple hundred thousand and keep, keep everything there, change the name, paint the building, clean it up. And start over, but at least you you've got the the ball rolling already. You're not starting yeah. from absolute scratch. Yeah. That was so so difficult, and without having a a community to tap into, I, I talked to a lot of guys that are just starting out, and they're like, "Oh, you know, my whole family lives here. I've got friends. I've got a, a church that I attend that's got 500 people in it. They're all going to come to me." And it's like, "Well, great. Then you you already have something you can tap into." I didn't have anything, and I can I can relate. Yeah, he if he didn't have anything, like the only thing you can tap into is I can have a really good online presence and start pulling in customers from there. Yeah, or I got to flood the area with mailers or whatever which costs money which yeah. costs money yeah. and if you don't have it all you've got is the free stuff on facebook create and your google fa- yeah. create your and facebook page and all of a sudden that happens yeah and like, man yeah it sucks it really does and i mean like it i i wish we knew a statistic and i, I don't think there is one anywhere but man to know how many shops open and turn around and close within a year close within two years how many how many technicians go out and start a shop or, or open their own or whatever it may be, make it six months and say, I can't do this. I mean, I've heard staggering numbers, right, where, yeah. you know, it's high 80 percent, you know, yeah. you know, people that open their shop are within the first 12 months. Yeah. They're, yeah. And I think if, that's small business you, overall. Yeah. If you manage properly, though, you can stay in business for a very long time making almost no money. Yeah. Because you're not buying equipment. You stay off the tool truck. You're not spending any money on marketing. It's just you by yourself. And if you do it that way, you can make almost no money and still stay in business because you you can stay afloat. The problem, like one of the mistakes I made was trying to grow too fast. And I'm like, I'm going to buy another lift. I'm going to buy another scan tool. I'm going to buy, you yeah. know, and you're spending, 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 thinking the whole time. I'll just make it up in revenue. It'll be fine. Yeah. And you never do. It's like, well, if I can't pay for that, and, and I tell people that all the time online, it's like, dude, buy used equipment and pay cash. If you don't have it, you don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take the work on. You don't need to do that that piece of equipment or that repair that needs that $2,000 tool. If you can't afford the $2,000 tool, don't do the repair. Just move it. I, You know, I, I was super blessed starting out because I had an amazing snap on man. Right. He had been doing this for many, many, many years. And um, his name was Tony Davis. And Tony was fantastic. And Tony came and he, I, I'm buying tools. And he basically funded my business starting out. Yeah. Right. Like he really did. And, and it was always a tool truck account. He wasn't, he didn't make me go get credit. And I bought a toolbox. And there was one point Tony came to me and said, listen, you don't need to go do all this. Yeah. Like, you're you're going in over your head. Slow down a little bit, you know. And he was an older man, yeah. And I I really appreciated that. He'd sell me anything I needed, right? And and by God, if I needed something and it was 10 p.m., he'd come up there and meet me at the warehouse and get me whatever I needed. Yeah. Now my new Snap On Man <laughs> doesn't do that. <laughs> well, my new Snap On Man decided that um, that he was going to give me 40 pages of blank paper saying at the bottom of it I owed him 800 dollars. And, like, he had gone and let my people buy stuff and put it on account. He didn't talk to me about it. And Tony was always like, hey, is this okay? So, like, it was just – it wasn't – it's not that I don't think I owe the man money. 
It's that I don't have anything that says, this is what I bought. Here's who signed for it. Here's when it was, right? Like, don't come to me and give me an $800 bill that I don't know what it is or how I got it. Mm -hmm. That's not cool. But, you know, Tony, like, he mentored me in a lot of ways through the business process. So I I, I specifically remember I had a good-sized toolbox. And I said, hey, I I think I want to do a a much bigger toolbox. And he's like, nope. I'm like, what do you mean, nope? He said, you don't need a bigger toolbox. He said, let's put up some racks in your shop. Let's put up some stuff to put the boxes on. You don't need to spend the money on something like that right now. Focus on making the business profitable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And, and so Tony, up until when he retired, Tony was driving like an old 80s C7500 with an old cat motor in it. And he kept it running and he put money into it. He never went and bought a new truck. And it was always because he knew to be profitable he didn't need that you know, excess expense. expenses. Yeah. yeah. And so he was I, probably extremely successful. Oh yeah. Right. With that approach. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that ends up happening. You get, you get stuck in this trap and it, and online probably doesn't help, but look at the magazines. What do you see in the magazines? The pretty shops, right? right. All the amenities, you know, well, you go out in the parking lot and you can tell the shops that have the wrapped vehicles and you know, they, they have a, they have a, a person that porters them around or shuttles the, the people around and they've got a car wash guy and, and you, you want as a small shop, you want all that stuff. You're like, I'd love to have all this. And I'd love to have everybody come out to vision. We'll all fly out and we'll take the picture in front of the vision thing. That's all thousands of dollars. But if you're first starting out, or you're not quite there that revenue wise, don't go chasing after that just to be that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. Just I, don't don't try to be that shop. If you're not there, you're not there. And then it might that might not be something you even want. That you don't need to have the the big flashy glitzy shop, you know, with with the polished floors and the you know air conditioning I, and the I think the we need no, air conditioning is important. <laughs> I think we need to go out here and get Chris Messer and tell him that. And the new Ratchet Wrench editor. I think we should go tell them that. They need to interview some startups. They need to, they need to, not necessarily startups, because the startups, they don't, they they don't don't know. know. They don't know. I think it's more, find those, those smaller, the, the smaller repair shops that, that have a nice, inviting, clean facility, have a great reputation, take care of their people, but aren't, Aren't building Taj Mahal? Yeah, they're not building the Taj Mahal building, and it's it's it almost becomes like just for show. You you see what I'm saying? Like it becomes an ego thing. Like I want to have the biggest this. I want to have the biggest that. I want to have this, that, and the other. And you're like, do you need any of those things really to be successful? Find the shops that have made it without that. Well, and that's I mean that's the majority of our shop owners, right? Yeah, I mean definitely. when, When when I've you know I've traveled the whole country, right? So. Um, when, when I was with, with tracks, I, you know, I covered from Miami to Alaska. Mm-hmm. So I've been all over the place and the majority of shops you see are those, are those smaller shops. doesn't mean they're not successful. Right. But right. you know, when you put to your point, you've, you've got this younger shop, they're starting out and then all they see is this, yeah, that's this all pedestal, this $2 million business well, that's not obtainable for a guy who's, you know, he's the mechanic. He's got one service rider. They're successful. They're doing what they need to do. But but that's not – I don't think that's our reality. 
you know, yeah. the, 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 you know, it's, it's becoming more and more, I think more of these groups are buying stores. They're buying more independent stores, you know, and you're starting to see, you know, five, six, seven locations. And, and that's great that, like you said, that helps the industry as a whole. But I think sometimes we lose focus mm-hmm. on the majority of our shops. I mean, and this is just coming from my experience when I'm working with shops, they're, they're smaller, they're successful, but you know, they're, they're not the, the, the $2 million, 10 bay brick building that you see published on every, on every magazine. Yeah. So and, and not that they, those shops shouldn't be proud of that. They've worked hard for it. They've, they've been able to gain a certain level of success and that's how they wanted to display that success is by building these huge facilities that have all these amenities and that that's what they strive for. And they worked really hard for that. And that's great. But I think you're absolutely right. It's such a small percentage of shops. It, I feel like everybody's trying to strive towards that. And it's like 90% of you aren't going to hit this. Yeah. It's and only the 10%. Yeah. And you'll still be successful. You could still be successful. Well, I, I, you I, can absolutely still yeah. be successful without ever attaining that. That does not equal success Correct. unless you want it to. But you need to make that decision for yourself. You've got don't, to define what success yeah, is. Don't don't strive for it because that's what you think success looks like. It may not be that. Well, so what what's interesting to me is is one of the ways that I think you could judge success. Not not saying this is successful, but you can judge success through a lot of the consolidation that's happening right now, right? Like if you look at the consolidation that's happening within repair shops, there's a lot of big companies coming around trying to buy them up. They're not necessarily focusing on the biggest, baddest, nicest shops, right? They, they're looking at them saying, oh, we're not interested in that. They're looking at smaller shops that aren't as amazing and nice. Glitzy. Right. And so I think that speaks volumes about the fact that that shop can be profitable. You're not going to come out and drop the kind of money they're dropping on a shop that's not able to be profitable. They don't care about it being glitzy and beautiful and everything else. They care about its functionality. And so, you know, in building the shop, right, we're working on getting the shop done the whole nine yards. I really want to do a lot of nice things. And now, like, as it's happening, I'm I'm having this epiphany that having all that doesn't make the shop more profitable necessarily. Like, I can offer more amenities and I can charge more, yes. Right. But in the same respect, it doesn't make me more successful. It doesn't ma- necessarily make me – there's an expense associated with each one of those glitzy things – that I don't ever generate more net profit because of it. Like in the long term, yeah. But I've got to have a huge, what is it they always said, war purse. You know what I mean? I've got to have a ton of money to implement to begin with. It takes me years to pay it off. It's like buying a, you know, I'll never forget. I had a a 16-year-old kid one time come into the shop. And he had just bought, and his parents let this happen. He had just bought a $95,000 Ford pickup. And his interest rate was nine percent on this truck. Oh no! And I'm like, dude, you'll never pay that off. Like, you'll you'll trade it in, you'll sell it, but you've ruined your credit. And he's like, I'm not ruining my credit. My credit's great. And I'm like, dude, no, nah, I promise. Like, you can't. That's not sustainable. Well, it's the same thing. If you go out and you like overindulge in your shop and try to invest all this money, it's better to grow it from the ground up. Like I was talking about the tool truck dude. He told me the story when he started with Snap on. They had like a minimum buy-in. And they're like, aren't you going to like buy more to make the truck look full? He's like, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through this first. All right, now I'm going to the next level. All right, I'm gonna get through that. It was always about being smart with his money, and I, I think that that shop owners get overzealous. They jump in and like try and fully commit to it. 
Yeah, you've got to you've got to set your goals, like you're mm-hmm. saying. You know, so okay, say you're a small shop, you just opened up. All right, what's what's success look like in six months? Mm-hmm. What's it look like in twelve months? What's it look like in two yeah. years? You know, um, you can start out and just be the guy and build a little bit of a clientele. Okay, well then now I'm bringing this guy in. You know, and now mm-hmm. I have another technician, and now that's going to allow yeah. me time to to stand and and work on the business instead of working in the business. You yeah. Know? And that, that's, that's like the want. whole end If that's thing. what you want. Because I've met shop owners that are just – they just want to work on cars. I met one last night in the booth. Super successful. Gold, Napa Auto Care Center, gold, part of the gold program. He's like, look, we're successful. Um, he's not physically – you know, it's 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 more doing the diag and, and, and yeah. you know, he's like, yeah. but that's what I love. And he goes, and I have a service manager and I have two great service writers. The- and our business is profitable and – but but I love being in the bay doing the diag and you know it's like I go out to other shops and I help them do you know diag work. So I'm um, I'm gonna be the devil's advocate here. Okay, so I've, I've been my wife and I have been talking about this a lot lately. There's a counter to that, and the counter is that you are the only person who cares about your business like you do, and you can you can find people that you trust explicitly. Right? I'm gonna tell a story and I. They listen to the podcast. I don't want them to feel bad when they hear this. But somebody works for my mom and dad. And one time they came to my mom and dad with tears in their eyes and said, I stole $20,000 from you. I'm sorry. I feel really bad about it. And my mom and dad said, it's okay. It'll be okay. Not a big deal. That's just how my parents are, right? It doesn't matter how close you are. It doesn't matter how much you trust someone. It doesn't matter how good they are. What is it? That your your rule of good people, bad people, in between people. Yeah, it, you you are the only person who cares about your business like you do. I know there are ethical bookkeepers. I know there are ethical accountants. I know there are people there that can do that. But if you are not in the management portion of the business, I'm concerned that to a degree you don't have your eyes on all of the aspects you need to have it on. I would agree with that. Yeah. And it, it takes I completely a, disagree. <laughs> that's I completely because, disagree. That's because you spend all day making videos. I do spend all day making videos, but that's my point. You just, you set up systems to manage. I understand, but you're watching the bank account. You know how much money's in the bank account. A lot of these guys, what he's talking about right now, some of these guys, they don't know how much money's in the bank account. They're not writing the checks. They're not signing the checks. They're not transferring the money. Okay. That's a that that is the only because that's I've watched that happen with my parents. Maybe it's I, I'm naive. Maybe it's that I've seen it happen, so I'm more in tune with it. I've I've seen it happen in a couple businesses. So you can let go of a lot of things. You just can't let go of absolutely everything. everything. Yeah. But I, I don't think that has to be an either or. No. I think you can be the diet guy of and do a good job and be happy doing it, but know that hey. Ninety percent of my time is going to be doing the diag and, and having fun doing that, and then checks and, then, and balances. And then ten percent, I need to check these three things to make yes. sure that the business is not. I concur. Yeah. Well, well, that's what uh, that's what's exciting about um, what I've now stepped into. Right? Yeah. With, so tell us about that. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah. So repair shop of tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. We're a coaching marketing, you know, company. Uh, Dave Justice, our president, um, yeah. founded the company. Dave's been an industry veteran for 35 years. Uh, he, he started um, 
he started a, a software called Labor Profit Management. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that and, and different things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so for about the last five years or so, he's been building out uh, this company. Uh, he sold his shops. Uh, mm-hmm. He had three auto care centers in Ohio. He sold them in uh, 2015 uh, to Monroe. Right. Um, and uh, and they all operate as, you know, corporate Monroe stores now. And, and uh, so he's been really building this whole program out. And uh, we're officially now, January 1, the uh, only endorsed uh, coaching company that Napa Auto Care endorses. Dude, that's really cool. How many clients do you guys work with? Uh, right now, very, very small still. Um, we're, we're in the low 100s as far as as far as number of clients that we have. Dude, um, I, I, hey, personally, I think that's awesome because that gives you that really personal touch and, and really in tune with the shops. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, my job is to... <laughs> increase those numbers drastically well of course but i mean like you you can do it in a sustainable way you can have growth it seems like he's built a platform that that that's a good foundation for it now and i I was looking at the website the other day it looks like you've got quite a few coaches or quite a few people in place to to help the shop owners yeah so i've got myself um kind of running the sales side Uh, ron tenner who's a shop owner uh, as well sparks tire and auto st charles missouri he's kind of taken the I call him our chief operating officer role now and really handling the day to day. Dave is kind of stepping back and kind of playing from uh, behind the scenes, uh, which Very is cool. good because he's he's earned it. He's, he's worked his whole life to, to build this. So um, but all of our coaches are existing shop owners, That's which awesome. I think is extremely important. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And they're actually all clients of Repair Shop of Tomorrow. That's cool. So, so the so the coaches that we have, um, they're all coached by Dave, right? So, awesome. so Dave still has his hands in 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 our coaches' business and still does the one on one calls with them. Right. Um, but what you were talking about, David, you know, ninety percent of your time can be done doing diag and doing what you love. The cool thing about Repair Shop of Tomorrow um, is that's what we. That's that's the cornerstone of our program, right? We right. want to put in those standard operating procedures so you can be like Ron who left his shop December 20th in his motorhome and went to Florida and came back Thursday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he had a record January. Uh, February wasn't good. COVID kind of ran through and snow yeah. in the Midwest kind of shut some things down. But But Ron can check in. Using a couple of you know tools that we provide at Repair Shop, yeah, business our business flow chart, our manager's worksheet, and he can see within 10, 15 minutes each morning. Okay, this is what we did yesterday. Yeah, right. This is this is I need to call into the shop and and, and coach him on X, Y, and Z today. Exactly. Or or I don't need to coach him because. Right, they're, yeah. they're, a they're, way to keep the the finger on the pulse of the business. Right, but we want to help our shop owners. Yeah, we want to help them work on their business, not in their business. And the end yeah. goal is you have that manager in place. Now, checks and balances. You're yeah. still, yeah, of course, you're still managing the bank account and you're still coaching well, them. And and see, that's kind of my point is that without somebody like that to help you build those checks and balances, somebody that's seen somebody else steal money. Right. Like in my parents' case, they didn't they didn't know what to watch for. They didn't know how to transition to where somebody was in place to to handle bookkeeping and those things without knowing that, hey, money had gone missing and and things like that, especially when you're dealing with multimillions of dollars a year. Like 
there's a lot of moving pieces and parts. And so a, a facility like this or an organization like this to help you pinpoint where are those metrics I need to watch for that? What safety protocols do I need to put in place? You know, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in, We've, we were really proud of, of what we just launched. So of course we have our coaching, you know, platform and coaching programs. Um, but for the last about 12 months, all the coaches, Dave, um, a few others, um, built out a, a complete learning management system Mm -hmm. with all the modules, all the training modules in there. And there's like 50 plus training modules. Yeah. So, you know, we were coaching the shop owner Mm -hmm. in in most cases, almost 95% of the time. But some of these shop owners can understand it, but then they still have a hard time explaining it to their service riders yeah. or their technicians, right? We, 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 of course, one of the biggest things we implement is a DVI. You know, if you're not doing a DVI, you're really not even a fit for our program. Yeah, Because definitely. that's, you know, that's some of the things we teach, right? So um, you don't have to be maybe the best communicator as an owner with this LMS because now you can say, okay, you know, I heard all this. I kind of know what to do, but I need you, Lucas, to go watch, you know, watch this, watch this path. So, right. so when you sign up, are you an owner? Are you a technician? Are you a service rider? You get assigned those courses and you have that continued education of, all right, if I need to go back and I need to kind of rewatch something, yeah. I need to understand how, you know, my, my, my shop owner was telling me we missed our metrics on, you know, our average estimate. Well, why was that? Well, let me go back and watch the repair order workflow module. Right. Let me understand what steps I missed and things like that. So right. that's, the, that's really exciting. You know, we were, uh, like I said, I'm four days in. Right. <laughs> so, right. so I'm learning on the fly. I'm learning on the, on the floor here at the trade show. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting. You know, we've, we've, they, they've put a lot of work into this. Um, I'm fortunate enough that, that they saw something in me to, right. to bring me in. And, um, of course with my Napa relationships, uh, it certainly, uh, doesn't, doesn't hurt that, right. uh, I kind of know Napa, uh, very well. Right. And I know a lot of people in the Napa organization. So we're excited, man. We're next year when we come to vision, I, I, you know, I hope to tell you guys we're, we're 300 plus. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, dude. that's, that's the goal, right? That's and awesome. So we're nice. Let, let me ask you a question. What's your strategy? You know, you've been at Napa. You've been in sales for many, many years. Do you have a strategy? You've moved. You've done something different. Have you come up with a – developed a strategy of the transition and, and how you're going to bring this and present it to shops? Have you – It's a work in progress. That's awesome. So um, I actually had my first call with a uh, potential client right. um, on, on Tuesday. And, um, you know, I was literally just going to do an introduction. Yeah. Um, my, 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 my buddies at Napa tracks sent me a lead yeah. already. So that's nice. We're, right. we're working together already. And, uh, and so I wanted to, I wanted to make the introduction cause they yeah. said, Jaron, Jaron will be calling you. Um, but I didn't want to get all the way into the specifics of the coaching. I wanted right. Mike, our director of coaching, because I didn't want to misspeak, you know, on yeah, day and say two. we're going to do this and, yeah. and yeah. actually do yeah. something different. And I know the program. Right. But when it comes down to the specifics, yeah. that's where I was going to pass it off. And we ended up talking for 35 minutes to this lady. Right. And uh, and then I just kind of started going into Jaron Claver mode. You know? Right. I started right. I started going into the, you know, how I think repair shop of tomorrow, what it's right. going to do for her business. She was right. telling me, perfect candidate, right? She's a successful shop. Right. 
but she knows she needs somebody to give her a little bit of guidance yeah. because she wants to get to the next level. Yeah. Right. Her technicians right. want new equipment. She said, I'm not paying out of my pocket. I need the business to fund that. So yeah. I need a coach. I need a company to help me help me do this. We, she came from outside the industry. Right. And they're, they're successful. My, the, the tracks rep told me, he said, this is a great shop. Right. But they raised their hand and said, we need a little bit more help. Right. And so we got the opportunity to, to help them. So the, the, uh, the sales strategy is still coming along a little bit. Uh, right. we need to, uh, tweak some things. Um, but, uh, I, it sounds like the focus is always going to be in helping people though. Just like it was in, in tracks. Just like it was in tracks. And I think I told you guys that when we, when we spoke at ASTE, the best part about that job for me right. was helping small business owners, yep. helping shop owners, you know? And, right. and now I get to do that all across the country. Right. And, and that's going to be extremely rewarding to yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. And, so. and, you know, I tell people all the time, like for me, it, it started as fixing the cars and the trucks. Like that was the reward. I was able to solve a problem. And then I, I became the service advisor and solving the problem was, is that we got their car fixed and we made something easier for them. Uh, they needed a ride. They needed a loaner, whatever it was. And now being the business owner, I'm looking in and saying, Hey, I see the technician's problems and the service advisor's problem. You know, I, I've got to solve that. So problem solving is extremely rewarding for me. It sounds like it is for you. So. Yeah, it is. And, and, and again, the, the biggest reward that I've always had with this, with my whole career at Napa, whether it was on the parts side, whether it was with tracks, and now transitioning over with the repair shop tomorrow is, is just helping people. That's There's awesome. so many good people in our industry. Yeah. I mean, just being back here, I mean, it, it's just, it's awesome. I mean, you just see the camaraderie. I mean, yeah. you know, I was with tracks and of course, there's a lot of new shop management software companies yep. popping up and, yep. and, uh, you know, even when I was with tracks, like, I'm friends with, you know, I won't give them their shameless free plug. But, um, <laughs> PJ's over there like steaming mad yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I won't give anybody their, their props on, on during my time here, but, uh, um, you know, I hanging out with the guys, right. Yeah. You know, and, and girls, you know, and one, you know, I broke away from the booth for 20 minutes yesterday to make sure I went and saw, all those you know, people. those people yeah. that I've made friends with. And it wasn't yeah. – it. there was no intent or motive behind it to say, hey, now I'm with Repair Shop, you know. Yeah. It, it was hey, just – help me out. Yeah, yeah, it was truly just, you know, good to see you guys. Yeah. You know, I yeah. haven't seen you since most of them. I mean, we saw them at uh, Apex, you know, but, yeah. uh, Apex SEMA. And, you know, so that's been, you know, four months now. Yeah. And, you know, you stay connected on social media and, and different right. things like that. But uh, – um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a fun a fun journey, and like I said, it's uh, it's it's full speed ahead. Exactly, um, that's awesome. Yeah, man. we're I'm heading up to to Cleveland, where our, the, the the company headquarters are, to do the the boot camp, I guess, whatever you right. want to call it, right. to to get up to speed. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's exciting and, and helping shop owners. I mean, like what you know what you guys do here with the podcast, you right. know, um, and and the dinner and stuff like that last night. Um, it was yes, a little sir. weird, right? You know, I was set everything up with Napa tracks. Hey, I just uh, I, I I just announced to everybody that you moved. I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't that <laughs> weird. I mean, yeah, if we you appreciate had, the, the yeah, sponsorship. That, that was pretty cool. Yeah, if he had seen the Napa tracks guy's face when I said, <laughs> "Hey, so Jaron quit, right?" Um, so well, when you put it like that, it sounds so bad. <laughs> you know, Jaron quit. You know, but uh, um, yeah, no, I'm excited, and and of course. 
you know, Napa's been my whole life. Yeah. You know, my parents owned Napa stores. Right. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have, they, they, they sold. Um, but, uh, yeah, my parents own Napa stores. So I went to college. We, we know that story. We, we yeah. talked about yep. Eastern Illinois. Uh, and, and so it's, it's been my whole life. And I graduated uh, college and I went straight into working for corporate Napa. Yeah. Right. And it's been 13 years. That's awesome, dude. And uh, yeah. And, and so the, like I said, the opportunity to, to work with, with Dave and Ron at the repair shop tomorrow, it was just something that it, it felt like this was, this was my chance to, to help the industry, you know, That's as awesome, a whole, man. I mean, I, this, this industry has provided for my whole life, my childhood, right. my family. Now my kids, my wife, right. You know, this is, this is all I know. That's and, awesome, um, I think our goal, all of our goals, right. We, we want to raise the, the bar of, of yep. our industry and want to look like professionals. Better. Yeah. I want to act like professionals. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because I'll talk to my friends who are, successful and they're business owners in different parts of the, of the country, but not in automotive, you know? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I took my car into the shop and you, you won't believe what they wanted to charge me. And I'm like, right. I'm one of my buddies and he's, he owns a plumbing company. And I said, so what's it cost if I need to call you to come out to my house? And he's like, well, the service call is $110. Right. I go, oh, Right. Just just for you to drive to my house. Right. Just $110? That doesn't even start the work, right? Right. And, you know, you may have a couple crescent wrenches on the back of your van, right? We're talking right. about hundreds of thousands of dollars in equipment. Yeah. So yeah. that continuing to educate the yeah. the consumer yeah. is is, awesome, is a challenge, right? You guys know that. You're, you're shop Definitely. owners. Definitely. You gotta, but, uh, yeah, it's, cool. it's exciting stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to make the move. Um, you know, the tracks team is, uh, was, was my family for the last six years and, right. you know, I, they're here of course, and we're had drinks last night after dinner. And so there's right. no, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, tension there. Um, right. that's and, awesome. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's it's, awesome. we were a big family over there. And so, you know, very cool. Yeah. So very how cool. can they get in touch with you if they're interested in the uh, repair shop of tomorrow? Well, uh, so website, www.repairshopatomorrow.com, okay. um, or cell phone, um, 618, putting it out there, that's <laughs> 618-334-8489, that's my cell phone, Very cool. um, so that'll ring in to me, um, Jaron underscore Claver at repairshopatomorrow.com is my email, and um, yeah, looking, looking forward to, uh, just looking forward to helping, helping, continuing to help shop owners. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. If you'd like to catch these episodes early, you can do so by becoming a patron. Just go to asog.site and click on the Become a Patron Now button. Becoming a patron helps support the show, gets you several perks, and is tax deductible. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and on YouTube so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot me an email. My email address is david at asog.site. That's D-A-V-I-D at A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.